I guess I'm like, how does SJ do these f- intros? <laughs> he, he, he says something like, uh, and the, the sun is up and the moon is high and the, the seventh house and whatever. <laughs> God, that's so dramatic. Welcome to Sky Mail, where everything's made up and the points don't matter. There you go. <laughs> what if I just use this as a cold open? <laughs> yes, do it. Do it, I dare you. Do it, you coward. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we are discussing what exactly? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I have DVD. This is, you can't do this to me. <laughs> The sun is high. The sky is exists somewhere. <laughs> the sky is blank. <laughs> the sky is blank. The sun is high. The sky is blank. We exist over four different time zones. And the final episode of Quinn's Mechanism came out yesterday. Welcome to the special edition of Sky Mail. It's Quinn's Mailchanism <laughs> because I'm a criminal. <laughs> I am... Kale, I am the writer, producer, and editor of Quinn's Mechanism, as well as the voice of Quinn, uh, and I play Mickey O'Shea in the Blake Sky canon. I'm joined today by the voice of Hope Lesnar, also the voice of Daphne Howard, Amy. Hello. I'm also joined by the voice of Sam Nolan, also the voice of the outsider or Humility Shepherd in the Blake Sky canon, uh, Rebecca. Hello! And uh, we are joined for the first time by the voice of Kaiser, Shay. Hello! Alright, so let's jump right into it. Or actually, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should give some semblance of context. Uh, <laughs> so this is a special cast episode of Skymail with the uh, the cast of Quinn's Mechanism, the five-part mini-series that released over the past week. Uh, we put out a call for some Quinn's Mechanism-specific questions, and we're going to answer your questions. Some of them are serious questions, and, well, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure that, like, 75% of these are going to be names of some sort, because that's just the type of people we attract. That's how it goes. I wonder how much animal left there is. <laughs> there may actually be none. No pet murder? <laughs> I don't think there's any pet murder. What? <laughs> Son of a <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> don't, don't ask questions you're not prepared to know the answers to. <laughs> Well, let's get right into it. Uh, we have a question here from Reginald P. Lennox. Uh, the subject is differences. And the question is, for those of you with roles in the main show, how different was it playing new characters or writing and editing? Hmm. Good question. I mean, I know for me, I'm baby on both shows, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, I'm baby. Um, 
<laughs> to be fair, Sam was not initially intended to be baby, <laughs> but then uh, then Rebecca got the role. You babyfied them. You're bringing in her and babiness. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, I guess Sam is just baby now. Uh, we'll lean into it. Yeah, that's that's. I, I'm glad I I my influence grows soon. Everyone will know I am baby. <laughs> my power grows. <laughs> <laughs> my power will become too much to contain. It will leak into the outsider, and then it'll become the outsider show. I it, this is a hostile show takeover. Sj, you have been warned. Uh, to get a little bit back on track. Uh, the difference is is mainly you know the accent. I'm still kind of you know developing as a voice actor, so my. I'm still working on developing actual voices that is beyond my, you know, regular one. So there wasn't that much difference, but I did try to lean a little bit more into a professionalism, at least in the fourth episode when I was doing the actual, you know, academic recording, quote unquote. So there's that. Yeah, no, that's that's legit. And I will say that voice acting is not necessarily always having like a billion different voices. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it is just like, you know, inflection and like emotional conveyance. Yeah. Uh, I think I, Gordon, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) He's assisting. Uh, But yeah, what I was saying is, I've definitely heard that there's a thought that it's supposed to be all these different voices, but realistically, it's like any kind of acting, right? Mm-hmm. The most important thing is sort of that emotional conveyance, and then you can get into like trying to have that kind of different range with different voices later. Uh, like I know SJ has mentioned before that uh, the Blake voice, because it's like this growly put on thing, sometimes is difficult because it's it's a little harder to be expressive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't think having a huge repertoire of different voices is actually necessarily as important as like developing expressively. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it's more about just acting with your voice. Yeah, it's voice acting. Uh-huh. <gasps> Who knew? Yes. Oh yeah, I yeah I see your point and I agree with it. I just also wanted to make sure that uh, Millie and Sam were at least a little bit distinct. So if they ever meet in canon, it's just like it's not. Oh my god, who's talking? Oh, I hundred percent get that. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Because yeah, like Quinn, I was like, oh god, does this sound too much like Mickey? Like, because <laughs> like if Quinn made it into the canon, are people just gonna be like, is this just Mickey? <laughs> like... <laughs> Mickey's back from the dead. Yes, I am vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's just Quinn. Um... <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So. Amy, did you have uh, anything you wanted to say? Oh, yeah. Um, probably the biggest differences between Hope and Daphne. Uh, first, obviously, the accent. Daphne's got that transatlantic accent, and I really uh, leaned pretty hard into my natural Midwestern boring-ass accent for Hope. And then the other thing is like the emotional quality between the two. Hope kind of plays at emotional distance, and I, I try and kept... Uh, her voice as cold and level as I could. She doesn't bounce around a whole lot in my vocal range like Daphne will. Daphne is more emotional. So I think those are the two big differences between those voices as far as as far as I'm aware. Okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, that's that's legit. That is legit. That is that mm-hmm. tracks. And I guess the other one would be me because like writing and editing. Oh, and I guess also Quinn. Like Quinn is definitely very very different from Mickey. Like Mickey is very kind of go go go. Like talks very quickly. Is always like. I'm bored of this conversation. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have, I have a billion things to do. You are getting a section of my time. I am not yeah. giving you time. You, you've started doing an emotional monologue, and at this point, I consider you to be wasting my time. <laughs> Blake. <laughs> Blake. Yeah. Uh, whereas Quinn is a lot lower energy. Like, Quinn... In a similar way, it tends to be a little bit more level and only really becomes expressive when they're, like, excited or angry. Mm -hmm. And is just sort of, like, kind of beat down and tired and just, like, very strong, tired research assistant vibes, like... (laughs) channeling grad student. Yeah, I was about to say, (laughs) tired, beat down grad student or anybody who's been in academia too long that isn't, you know, a professor. And even then, somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and writing and editing, um, well, I've always written, but this is my first time like doing a script that I actually followed through on. Like I've tried scripting things before, but just like d- didn't have the resources or the confidence. Um, I, I think it was a lot easier because Quinn's mechanism is so self-contained. Like they're just short little episodes. So I don't run into that issue of being like, oh God, is this long enough? Is this too long? It's basically just like little sort of Little snacks. <laughs> Little snacks. Snacky. Little snacks. Yeah. That actually actually turned out really well, um, the uh, length of the episodes. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like, I know it's like I was I was showing my mother some because it's like, you know, I'm proud of the role that I did. And it's just like, look, look at me. <laughs> and it actually just turned out to be like a nice little thing. It's just like, it's very, like you said, it's self-contained, but still connected to the Blake Sky Lace guy universe. Yeah, like you could listen to it on its own, and you're not necessarily gonna be like, "What the f- is going on?" Right. Yeah. Oh, f- I'm swearing already. My friends wanted to listen, and they were like, "Hey, what's the timestamp?" And I was like, "It's literally like ten minutes. You can just listen to it." And it's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just listen to the whole thing. Yeah, and then another <laughs> friend who did listen to the entire thing, just my episode because I am like that, was like, "I have no idea what the f- is going on, but this was good." <laughs> also, oh, f- I did a swear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the real question is, are you going to edit these out? <laughs> I'm just going to swear in Dutch. Do it. Oh, that's fine. I don't have to touch that. Uh, let's all swear in Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some Dutch swear words. Yes. This, is, this is the learn Dutch. Surprise, it's actually Duolingo tonight. Oh my god. I'm the owl. <laughs> I was the owl all along. Oh no! <laughs> Am I the owl? <laughs> Always have been. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, Are God. we the owls? Who? Oh. <laughs> 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 Alright, oh. I'm a strong start.
<laughs> yeah, that's the end of Milkinisms, everybody. See you next time. Quinn's Milkinism? <laughs> that's a whole different... That's that's our merchandising line. Uh... <laughs> okay. All right, well, I'm just going to go in order. Uh, the next one we have is from... Achillea, but with a three instead of the E because the thing won't let me type that in because it's a dumb and blinded thing, a circus of beasts and wool hats and waistcoats pretending at a superiority that all is as it seems and such it is and such it shall be, but not here, not in the first component of the opening act of Quinn's Malekinism. <laughs> Hi, you don't know me. I'm a random fan. <laughs> But I wanted to ask, who would win? Your Blake Sky character, your Quinn's Mechanism character. Three lives, no items, final destination. Yes, I copied you, SJ. Also, Kaiser versus Kaiser, which Kaiser wins. Or who in the BSBI or QM cast could defeat Kaiser? <laughs> I think Marsona update Kaiser would win because they have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Norasona, Kaiser is OP. Yeah, it's like Kaiser can take down anything. The Rat King, bam. The Angel, bam. Mickey O'Shea, it's proven. (laughs) Kaiser is S tier in the Marsona rankings. No, no, only Gun Kaiser. Gun Kaiser specifically. Okay, Kaiser versus Gun Gunberg. Who wins? I mean, Gun Gunberg has more guns. That's true. Gun Gunberg has 70 guns. Yeah, but Kaiser has no fear of God and or man anymore. That's true. <laughs> Nothing to lose, everything to gain. Kaiser, God. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would. They would if they had the chance. <laughs> All right. As for Outsider versus uh, Sam, I I do not know. I think I think they would get along is the thing. I think if it came down to a fight, Outsider is going to win because like, mind powers yeah yes <laughs> sam is now dust goodbye <laughs> i mean <laughs> sam is literally just and like some person just a person just, just but you know it's just powered by yes, sweetness exactly. Aww. baby fight <laughs> baby oh fight <laughs> baby fight that gift <laughs> of uh, from gravity falls here the Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, just like, I think one of them might throw a punch and it's just like, ow, my nose. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Aww. Yeah, I think, I think they, they'd have the book club together and discuss, and discuss books. What about Daphne versus, uh, Hope? <laughs> oh, uh, Daphne takes it, uh, hands down. Daphne would beat the out of hope i mean hope is a legendary coward so that does track oh yeah yeah hope would run daphne would be like hold my earring yeah (laughs) yeah yeah daphne could throw down and hope is scared of everything hold my earrings hold my purse hold my hat i'm about to go to town let me out of i've got this (laughs) i mean obviously between quinn and mickey it's mickey yeah it's like mickey would (laughs) Curb stomp Quinn. I mean, I guess it depends on whether we're talking about alive Mickey or dead Mickey. Because <laughs> if Mickey's already dead, then I think Quinn is going to win. Weekend at Mickey's. <laughs> There's a strong chance, like about a 60-40. But consider this. Corpse germs. 
<laughs> Quinn might win in the moment, but Mickey wins the war when Quinn inevitably dies of some, you know, corpse-borne disease. Getting real dark. <laughs> <laughs> you expected anything less? I mean, now, now you're suggesting that Quinn's just gonna be like touching dead bodies, which is pretty weird. Quinn licks the dead Mickey corpse. Oh no! No, no, no. Please, no. I regret what I've done. Alright. Uh, so, Kaiser v. Kaiser. Are we assuming this is just two regular Kaisers, or is this gun Kaiser versus non gun Kaiser? I was. I mean, random fan was thinking uh, just Kaiser versus Kaiser. Oh, oh, you're close friends, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was your Twitter handle again, uh, Amy? Uh, at Amy, Amy Berg, uh, 69 at gmail. The Berg universe. For, for the listeners at home, uh, Achillea, which is the at symbol, and A C H I L L three A is in fact no one we've ever met before. Yeah, no, no, yeah. it's entirely didn't yeah, exactly. Too. What the hell? No idea. It's definitely not our own Amy. No, who voices Hope Lesnar and Daphne Howard. Nope, it's not. <laughs> so sorry. What was it? Your close friend and confident. Uh, Achillea, but with a three instead of an E, uh, said about Kaiser v. Kaiser? Uh, just two Kaisers. Hmm. Like, NPC Kaiser versus, like, player Kaiser. Like, you know, like in Smash Brothers. Two Kaisers is a land war. <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like they would either feud forever or just, like, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but... Uh, so that's where they line on the yeah. would you f*** your clone list. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like that's a hard yes from Kaiser. Of course I'd f*** me. Uh, and who who in the uh, BSPI cast or the QM cast could defeat Kaiser? I like this because it says cast, <laughs> not characters. So oh, which of us um, could beat up Kaiser? Ness. Ness. Probably Ness. 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 <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd go with Ness. I don't know. I don't know. I think I could beat Ness in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> He's a big softy. He is. <laughs> yeah, he is. I could definitely take SJ. <laughs> oh, I could I could absolutely take SJ. I don't know. SJ would beat me up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, giving it thought now. I mean, like, hmm. he has been in the military for a significant amount of time. He's in the Navy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Exactly. Out of all of my friends, SJ is most likely to be able to kill me. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think I would want to fight SJ. Uh, I, I don't see. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think SJ would hurt you, but I think SJ could hurt you. Yes. I think that's, yeah, I think that's an accurate assessment <laughs> yeah, exactly. of SJ. Uh, uh, shall we move on? I think it was sufficiently yeah. answered, yes. I think, yeah, I think, I think we've run this more than sufficiently, course. I think. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so our next question comes from Ben, the very same. Ben! Ben? Ben? Uh, the subject line of this is nasty guests. 
And this is a question <laughs> to the cast. I love the show. Cursed book-related question. I often fall asleep reading my Necronomicon and awake with its little face trying to nurse at my ample breast. I don't really <laughs> lactate, so I doubt it's getting any nutrients from the process. Is it a comfort thing? What should I be feeding it? <laughs> what should I be feeding it so that it's not hungry? I love my little book pal, but don't know how to be the pampering papa it deserves. Please help. What if? Blendered babies. <laughs> so we have child's death. We've subbed out pet death for child death. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I would say some good quality calligraphy ink. Ooh. Oh, I was going to say uh, Quinn's milkinism. <laughs> no, no, I'm leaving. Goodbye. No. <laughs> My vengeance is complete. <laughs> this got out of hand. But... <sighs> uh, uh, mm, blood, probably? <laughs> yeah, I'd say a good yeah, blood. Yeah, because yeah, it's like you can always make more. It's a sustainable resource. Yeah, but I think either the blood of your lover or your enemy. Why not Ooh. both? <laughs> what if they're the same person? <laughs> what if they are the same person, Kaiser? <laughs> what if they are the same? That's a great question. Is it doubly potent or is it just the same? Um, I think it's doubly potent. So it's the blood of your uh, enemies to lovers slow burn. God, yes. Yeah, I need to find an enemy first. That's what you have to feed your your book. Actually, no, I have enemies. All right, so our... Oh, what? Sorry? I, sw I, said, no, I, was, I was just saying, uh, it's like, I need to find enemies first. And then thinking, oh, wait, no, I probably have enemies. Probably. I don't know. They have to reveal themselves first. <laughs> Been stalking me in the shadows. You heard it here first. We have an open call for enemies <laughs> for uh, for our local baby. <laughs> Who will fight this baby? <laughs> Please fight my baby. <laughs> okay. So our next question comes from not Brantstorm. Oh. oh. And the the subject line is Quen's. Mechanism. <laughs> What's your favorite mechanism? Also, have any of y'all seen Blake? I keep calling him and he can won't pick up. I can't do that. Brandstorm voice. Uh, that was a good attempt, though. So yeah, what is your favorite mechanism? I, uh, if we're talking simple machines, I do love a good lever. <laughs> that is a good choice. Mm -hmm. That is a very good choice. Uh, but uh, do we have favorite mechanisms? Um, I'm I'm gonna be extremely archaeologist here and say the Antikythera mechanism. Ooh, I don't know what that is. Okay, so like in the 1930s, I want to say might be later. They found uh, in a timely. In yeah, kind of is. Editor's note: It was not timely. The Antikythera mechanism was retrieved from the sea in 1901 and identified in 1902. So we were about 30 years off. In a shipwreck uh, off the Greek coast somewhere. Well, off the coast of one of those islands, but there's a lot of islands. Um, they found uh, a, a ton of gears and a lever and a lot of other stuff. Like it's over 100 pieces and they keep finding stuff. And then they like they put it together. It was this huge project, and it turned out to have been like this giant, like almost clockwork machine that can be used to like calculate the position of the planets at certain times. 
but it has a sophistication that was not yet that what wasn't reached again until like the the 18th century i want to say it's really cool i've saw i've seen it in real life in athens that's very very cool yeah that, man that is that, that is, is awesome that is very cool and not totally cursed i am morally and legally obligated nerd <laughs> <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, kind of, I guess. <laughs> no, it's good. It's great. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a it's a great thing. It's it, I never would have I never would have known about it if you hadn't hadn't told me. All right, we're blowing through these. Excellent. Woo! We're actually staying relatively on task. I know it's because SJ's not here for us to bully. Exactly. Right. <laughs> we did get our SJ bullying in earlier, <laughs> yeah. but. Yes, yeah, so he doesn't even have to be here for us to bully him and then admit he could kick our asses. Uh, yeah. 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 It's like poking a bear with a stick. Yeah, he's like a big gentle bear. And just gently prod at. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm the replacement SJ today. Everyone has to bully me. Yes, exactly. You're the writer. We, ha- we have it's to- legally required. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, it is legally required, and also just say, like, you know, heck you. Except all of you weird perverts, every time I'm like, I'm going to do something terrible to your character, you're all like, yes, tell me more. (laughs) Listen, I... I... Why are you calling us out like that? (laughs) Yeah, why? Listen, on the one hand, I do care about my character. I care about Samantha. I think the fate that she is left to currently is not one I would like to enjoy, but as both a reader slash listener and a writer, I find it delicious. It's it's exquisite. Delicious suffering. Most Agreed. Most <laughs> potent. Delectable. The, yeah, that it's just like, that's the thing where it's just like, it's kind of like life, where it's like you kind of want it to be happy and like no problems all the time. And but you're also a drama hound who wants everything to go terribly wrong so you can watch it all derail and yeah. <laughs> see, see, that's why I play role play games to get all of that out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like we're discovering a lot about our local baby. <laughs> Secretly nefarious. <laughs> But I mean, it's also just like, it's just interesting to see how people res- or how things respond. It's, it's If everything was all the same all the time, then it would be absolutely boring. There, It's like the whole philosophy that happiness is all the more potent and actually means something because there's sadness to counterbalance it. So it's just like, well, I don't want to i'd rather not put anybody in the position that samantha's in that's why we write that's why we write with people who can't come after us (laughs) (laughs) and torture them instead yep Uh, it's cathartic all right shall we shall we move on to the next question let us move on to the next question please yeah so this asker is uh lily kyra Ooh. Mm -hmm. i I think it's kyra i think i hope i'm pronouncing that right it's, it's a Y, so I'm assuming it is. Uh, and the subject is bloody manuscripts. Ooh. 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 
my initial inquiry was on the best way to remove accidental blood spills from priceless manuscripts. However, when I re-examined the parchment to provide a more detailed description, I noticed the bloodstain had disappeared and there was new writing appended to the end of what had previously been studied. Are all ancient texts self-cleaning? <laughs> Some are, from specific areas of the world that I cannot divulge to you because I am currently under house arrest and they are listening in. But <laughs> most of them are not, so I would take care to not get blood on it again. Um, I do... Isn't it that, like, baking soda helps it on clothes? So it might... Might work on me? Salt as well. Salt. That's it. Why does... It's kind of interesting. Why does salt work? Something... Anything that would bind to the proteins in the blood, I believe, would be a, uh, something that would clear, clean it up. But I don't know how you would do that without damaging the manuscript as well. I like you slipped into your Sam voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is actually this is actually interesting to me because it's just like, how do you get blood off of pages? Uh, well, I mean, part of the issue with that too is that unlike fabric, which can be laundered, uh, I mean, pulp paper, like some some older ones where the uh, paper is like a cloth might actually mm -hmm. be all right it would mostly be the ink that you'd have to worry about mm -hmm. but like pulp paper you'd have to worry about because i think uh like you have the potential that the blood might actually bind with the ink oh true and then stopping it up is also going to remove that yeah and then there's also the issue of like the kind of damage you get with water damage where the pages would stick together uh, so I guess in conclusion, the only self-cleaning tomes are the new and improved ones. <laughs> <laughs> but is it necessarily an ancient text if it's new and improved? That's the question. I mean, new is very relative. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's fair. A thousand years rather than ten thousand years. I mean, in archaeological times, a thousand years is relatively short. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Exactly. For those who may not have realized this, <laughs> Shay is, in fact, an archaeologist. <laughs> kind of. You have more archaeology knowledge than the average layperson, which is useful in things like this, when it's talking about, you know, getting blood off of ancient texts. Archaeology? Archaeology. <laughs> Shay is a bonologist. <laughs> a bonologist. Now you're bone on a chain. <laughs> Bononomy. A bonographer. That should that should be another uh, the history museum of history. That's that's another one of the archives is bononomy. Well, the, that's that's the inevitable uh, Quinn's mechanism spinoff side story to Brant Storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that'll be my entry in the Brant Storm cinematic universe. Brant Storm cinematic universe. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> SJ. Making oh. a thing. SJ, get on this. We are doing another episode and we are doing it now. <laughs> just grab this. We're just doing yeah. a improv episode. I will be honest with you. SJ is the one, the first one who was like, Quinn's Mechanism improv episode when. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right. So we have... Uh, unless anybody else wants to say something about self-cleaning texts, 
uh, we have one last, well, technically two. I'm combining part of these, this uh, longer question with uh, a single line question because they're, it doesn't make sense to have them part. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with this one. Uh, the, the asker is uh, SG. Uh, hello there. First off, I wanted to say I absolutely loved Quinn's mechanism and can't wait to hear where it goes. You all did an amazing job. Uh, and then there's a question for the actors that I'm going to combine uh, SG's question with a question from Sarah. Uh, Sarah asked, for the voice actors, what is your favorite thing about the character you voice? And SG asked, I was wondering whether the voice actors would be willing to share a bit about how they feel about their characters and how they prepared for playing them. Ooh. These are good questions. Yes. Ooh. The how did I prepare for playing Sam Nolan? Well, basically, I'm I'm currently you know taking a break from from school because you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything that's going on on top of other things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think just like kind of channeling back that academic kind of that academic kind of mindset. At least when it came to the uh, actual reading of things. Other than that, that was just me being like, so yeah, this is just like the, the the thing for Sam Nolan that Kales is like someone who's pretty pretty cheery, someone who's like very very sweet. That is just you know kind of channeling that. That is just like someone that yeah going into the biggest helpful helpful library assistance kind mm-hmm. of mood. That it's like. And what's your favorite thing about the character you play? Um, she baby. <laughs> <laughs> Same hat. <laughs> Same hat. I think the thing that I like most about Sam is that she's... Going back to the <laughs> sadistic writer part of myself, <laughs> uh, that she is a good person stuck in a situation beyond her control, beyond her knowing. And that's kind of... That's honestly what I like about the whole Eldritch genre is that it's just like, it's, sometimes it's a morally ambiguous person stuck in a trap of their own making, but oftentimes more, it's just a good person who happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and stumbled upon something that they shouldn't have. And that- the, <laughs> Agreed to help the wrong person, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sam is actually fairly unique in Quinn's mechanism for that because she's both- good-natured and good Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you get people who are one or Mm -hmm. the other a lot of the time (laughs) uh like quinn isn't good-natured it is yeah quinn's quinn is quinn quinn's quinn quinn's quinn they're just done with everything all right uh shay or amy yeah sure i'll go first so geyser started as a norshona character Actually, all the way back to, like, the initial tweet SJ did that I think predates even Blake Sky. I like Kaiser because there's, like, I had input here and I had a lot of input here. But then uh, first SJ and then later Kill just spun this into something honestly amazing. And I like that very much. I also like that they're just so nasty. (laughs) 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 They're so mean. Deservedly so. (laughs) And that is so fun to play. Kaiser's petty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Reigning monarch of salt. (laughs) I mean, they have kind of a justified 
reason for being petty. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Also, go read the Narashona updates. They're very good. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's just like, they do have a justified reason for being, you know, that <laughs> But they are, yeah, they lean into it maybe a little too hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have a justified reason for the way they're acting, but at the same time, kind of a little bit too hard. Also, they might have been a little bit like this before, too. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. This this doesn't exactly come from nowhere. No. Yeah, that there always has to be precedent for it. Yeah, <laughs> to show up for it to make sense and for it to feel you know realistic. Yeah. As for playing them, at first we were like looking at like sultry. I can do sultry. I can't for the life of me do sultry, <laughs> especially not in a language that is you know not one I natively speak. Um, mm-hmm. So what I instead did was just like gather and just gather and channel every shred of arrogance I have in my body. Uh-huh. <laughs> it worked really well. <laughs> it did. Thank you. Yes, and then unleash it upon the uh, unknowing public. <laughs> yeah. To quote Scott Lynch in I think the Lies of Locklamora, such an arrogance cannot be faked. It has to be brought to the front. Something like that. <laughs> that's a good quote. Um, but basically, that's what I did. And it was great. <laughs> nice. It was really good. Thank you, because I was so nervous. Oh, I remember. I, I was the one recording with you at, like, God, like, 9 a.m. my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were gonna... We did two dry readings. And it was like, okay, let's start. And then I had a giggle fit that lasted a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just get it out. Just get it out. It's cool. It's It's normal. Uh, Because this is your first acting role, isn't it? This is my first ever acting role. I haven't done, like, theater in school or anywhere. I have never done any acting. I have some stage experience. I used to be a dancer. But I have never done acting. Yeah, it's different. I used to do dancing back when I was, you know absolutely tiny and no i'm not going to find the pics uh, <laughs> absolutely tiny you mean you're not still just a baby i i am your height <laughs> i am five four to be fair i'm very small what <laughs> writers is taller than me how tall are you i'm like five foot three and a half y'all y'all are hobbits oh my god <laughs> you're dutch <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even tall, and I'm the tallest person in this. (laughs) Look, you're Dutch. Dutch people are often tall. You can't hold this against us. I'm not even tall by Dutch standards. I'm 5'8". That's tall. (laughs) Yes, but you're tall by North American standards. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, as I was saying, um, that yeah, there is a difference between language through body movement and language through spoken language you can combine them to create something even greater but there is kind of there is kind of a split it's that yeah no I, I, the whole point of this is that it's saying I, I i get you on that front yeah yeah there's different expressions that can only come through with body language or different things that can only come through with with voice it's just like it's like sarcasm. Sarcasm is kind of difficult to tell if you're not looking at the person that you're talking to or if you know them extremely well and you know, oh, this is, they're being sarcastic right about now. So. Yeah. Or unless they're very expressive. Yeah. 
Joke's on you, I never look at the person I'm talking to. <laughs> Fair. This is an autism joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that. I got that. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, how much eye contact is creepy. I don't I, I wanted I want to establish a connection because I know it's just like looking away all the time is 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 sus. But at the same time it's just like look it's like staring into somebody's soul is sus as well. It's just like where's the balance? I always look at like a, like just over someone's shoulder that does the trick. Yeah, that's ah. Pro tip, if you're doing something with your hands, you can just look back and forth like glance at them like I'm still acknowledging you and then go back to looking at what you're doing and if you do it common enough it seems normal. <laughs> I love these pro tips. These are awesome. Yeah. That's what I do. I've given myself away. Pro tips to act like a human. Yes, life life finds a way and so does neurodivergent people. But uh Amy, so the questions were how did we prepare and what do we like about our characters? Yeah, uh how you feel about your character, how you prepared for playing them, and uh, what's your favorite thing about your character? Okay, uh, so we'll start with how I feel about the character. Uh, on one level, she's really frustrating, and I don't like her. Uh, partly because uh, like we work in similar fields, and she is like the antithesis of what you should be doing. Um, and then the other aspect of that is like she actually is a really good character she's flawed and she's frustrating because she's flawed and she kind of like sinks herself into these and shields herself with distance and as far as how I prepared I think uh, I was only told uh, that she's an academic hard ass <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I asked about any accents no no accents so I just kind of kept it plain and uh, I actually Shout out to Ness. I listened back to a lot of August Howard oh. voice to try and uh, replicate some of that cadence. Like they've been speaking the same academic language for a long time, just trying to kind of keep them meshed together like they both belong at Deakin University. Oh, that's neat. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So that was part of how I prepared. Uh, kind of dug really deep into that lecture cadence and really enunciating really worked at trying to keep my performance level because she isn't very emotive at all uh so yeah that's kind of what i did and what i like about her i like that she's flawed i like that there's there's a depth to her that maybe we'll find out <laughs> at some point um dun, dun, dun. So. yeah uh okay i guess i'm so like obviously i, I wrote this <laughs> i wrote this you wrote this i wrote this <laughs> a revelation um so with quinn finding quinn's voice was actually kind of hard at first because it wasn't i have a confession the original thought for this came to me while i was standing in the shower and then i just went to sj and i was like hey what if i wrote a thing about this and he was like that sounds cool <laughs> so i actually i ended up after we had already recorded i ended up rewriting part of episode three's script and then later i ended up re-recording all of my lines for episodes one and two partially because i had the blanket for it which helped with my echoiness and partially because i wanted to sort of solidify my character voice so i haven't prepared for quinn i just sort of muddled my way through until i figured out what i was doing about 75 <laughs> percent 
through the project. Uh, <laughs> like a professional, you know? Yeah. You know. I mean, sometimes that's what happens. It's mm-hmm. just like you have an idea in your head of where you want to go, but it doesn't really solidify until you, you know, you... You put it in action. You test it out. And it's just like... Yeah, I had, I had a stronger idea of the other characters than I did of Quinn. They were just sort of like a little bit faceless at first. And then they got a lot more personality. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think my favorite thing about them is that they're like... Deeply resentful. <laughs> like, they're, they're just kind of... You don't see that a lot in a way that isn't just like someone who's eminently dislikable. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when you have someone who's deeply resentful, it's it's undeserved. But, like, Quinn has pretty good reasons for being like that. And it, it's fun to be able to portray that sort of just, like, hidden, seething rage. Just always, like, sort of barely under the surface, like... Simmering. Just hates everyone and everything, yeah. And just deeply, deeply resentful. And, yeah, like, I, I like Quinn. Uh, I guess I, I can't really talk extensively about how I feel about them without potentially getting into spoiler territory. I mean, they I, I feel bad for them because like they're very much a product of their upbringing and like their circumstances, but I like them as a character. I mean, like I wrote them, so <laughs> uh, yeah. I should hope so. I'm like, I hate this character I've written. Um, I mean, that's what ended up with like Sherlock Holmes. So there's precedent. Speaking of Quinn, I did actually have like, I did actually have a question of my own that I didn't actually submit because I just thought of it. Go for it. It's just like, what? I know it's not exactly a, would you call it a twist or would it be like a revelation that kind of retextual? Because a twist is kind of just always has those connotations of like M. Night Shyamalan that is just like thrown in for thrown in sake. But no, talking about Quinn's dyslexia. Yes. Uh, which, yeah, that's just like that, that recontextualizes a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the series that is just like, why is it so different? Why did they have so much? Why do they have so much trouble? Why was what they read so different from what Sam read? And why did it result in something different? It's like, where did that come from? Was that idea in place from the beginning for them to have dyslexia? Or did it come about from you know, refining your story and figuring out, oh. It came along pretty early on. Huh. Like, yeah, the idea for that emerged pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, so, I'm trying to remember exactly what the context was. Because it came up because I was, uh, I was talking to SJ about the concept of, like, this person interacting with something that's basically like a cursed tome. And it not affecting them just because they sort of refuse to engage with it. And that kind of turned into Quinn not being able to engage with it, like, properly because they are dyslexic. Because they're not just reading it and then the meaning of that is going straight to their brain. It's basically just going through loops in their brain while they try and parse things together. Because the whole reason in the first episode why they're, like... I know you find my handwriting difficult to read, but do I really have to do this? Is because if you struggle with like a, a learning disorder and then you have to read something aloud, you can't just go over the same line multiple times to like get it down. So they're basically just reading it word by word, trying not to up, and they're not processing any of the contents. They're just literally going word by word. 
and the the result of that ends up being that like it's sort of get it after the fact but like it's not really it's like essentially they have a like filter over the way they're interacting with it it's, it's a little uh, <laughs> it's hard to explain um, you're doing a great job yeah it's kind of like if you stare into the face of god but you are extremely nearsighted and don't have your glasses like <laughs> are you going to go mad it's yeah. just like a big shapeless blur yeah it's like i can't i can't see what i'm looking at so it's like i'm supposed to have my brain blasted when i can't yeah. <laughs> if you're blue yellow colorblind does the yellow sign like <laughs> affect you that is a good question yeah. Isn't it the king in yellow, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an elder sign in the king in yellow. Yeah, yeah. That is that is a good question, though, because it's just like, is it dependent on the color, or would it be, or is it just, you know, brain blasting no matter what? Oh, God, we're inviting, like, those nerds to be like, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Editor's note. The sign in the king in yellow is called the yellow sign. It is described as a curious symbol or letter in gold. So, there is a color element. And I'm right. Which does beg the question, if you used the yellow sign as one of those colorblindness tests, would everyone be doomed except colorblind people? Asking the real questions. But, uh, yeah, so essentially it came up fairly early on because I also find it interesting, this idea of something that is, like, we've been aware of for a long time but hasn't been understood until fairly recently, is something that because it affects the way that you perceive something. And in this case, like written language, I find it, the concept that that could have an impact on how you engage with something like this really interesting. If you can't, like, it's, it's a little bit of the, uh, the, the keep out sign, like, jokes on you, I can't read. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This can't keep me out because I can't read. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, DW, what a little. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, yeah, no, like that's that's basically it, and that actually leads in nicely to the second half of SG's question, uh, which was for the writer. Uh, I've been wondering why Professor Lesnar was so upset about Quinn's focus on the mechanism to the point of nearly removing them from the project. It seemed to me that the effect of a peripheral item of a book such as this would be of interest to both professors. So her anger was surprising to me. Uh, I'm also very hmm. curious about her motivation and her experience with scary books. The way she tried to admonish the book for attempting to exert its influence on her in episode five was great. <laughs> it was just like, it's just like, heck you. I know what you do. I'm not about to go. Stop that, you little I'm not have got to go screwing with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the temptation of knowledge. It's the, I want to understand it and I want to process it. That I think got Sam. It, yes, that is part of what, like how it works. But in terms of the mechanism and why Professor Lesnar got kind of salty with Quinn about this is um, you have to understand something about hope. And if you pay attention to her dialogue to her parts you'll notice that not all of it adds up like what she tells kaiser in episode three and what she says in her dictation to august in episode five don't match mm -hmm. she talks in episode three like she basically presents herself as being the victim of circumstances like i got myself involved in something i didn't understand and this is how i'm kind of like 
these are the consequences of that uh, a woe is me type thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas in episode five she goes on at some length about how much like how regrettable it is that she wasn't able to sort of complete this full scope of research and she also mentions compensation which is very odd (laughs) for somebody who is working entirely under violent threat Mm -hmm. Um, and as with many things the truth is somewhere in between and the most important thing to realize is that in that middle ground you discover two fundamental truths about hope which is that she is a a huge coward Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and be just goddamn nerd like she's a researcher through and through very very hardcore and that's how her brain works like that's how she thinks Mm -hmm. and one of the fundaments of research is scope like you you can't if you keep throwing in additional bits and pieces it's going to take you forever uh, one of my friends once said, the world is a dirty kitchen. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's so many different factors that you just can't keep track of. And one of the, the fundamentals of research is scope. You have to define your scope. Uh, because you're going to get all this extraneous data and you're never going to be done. And so when you have August handing her this, like removing something from the cover of this book and handing her the book and saying, have someone read this and give me a report on two different levels hope's gonna go as a researcher i have to assume that if this person wants results he's gonna give me the full breadth of what i actually need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that is extraneous that doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh like why would i want to make more work for myself mm-hmm. and on the coward side this is a cursed book <laughs> and the less you know the better <laughs> yeah yep. mm-hmm. so like why would she want another cursed object so then you get quinn who on the other side just like hates reading because it's just this this absolute chore and spends all this time just noodling around not even opening the book and like finding other things to be interested in and hope's just like i just want this over with just do your goddamn job so I can give this stupid cursed book back (laughs) for god's sake (laughs) there's also this like stereotype of dyslectic people being like more technical I guess yeah kind of feeds into that too not sure if you were aiming for that but that sprang to mind as well well that feeds into but like I think it's it's funny because like Quinn is not especially technical like they they just think it's neat (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> I just think it's neat. Bolts of potato. <laughs> they just think it's neat. It, it's a potato. <laughs> I mean, uh, potatoes are neat to be to be fair, but I'm going to save that for another time. <laughs> uh, I wasn't aware that that was a uh, sort of like a thing. Uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. people that they're they're more technical. Uh, I, I can see that, but yeah, I mean, I think Quinn. Quinn is someone who would have had the potential to be like hope comments on that in episode five. Like if you wanted to muck around with machinery, you should have become an engineer. Clicks and whirs. Uh, clicks and whirs of strange machines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think to some degree, like Quinn would have been better suited to a field like that, probably for that exact reason. But because they haven't been given that opportunity, they're just, they're one of those people who's stuck in something they're not good at and don't enjoy who's never really been allowed to do anything else so they're just kind of not good at anything 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like, We've all yeah. met people like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Quinn is one of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinn is one of those people who is just, like, just makes you kind of sad. Mm-hmm. You want to be mad, but they're sort of pathetic. Yeah. That That's a good word for it. Because, yeah, I mean, they, they kind of coasted through university on their parents standing and like there's a lot of resentment involved with that too like oh like the rest of us are working our asses off uh and then they got a position on their parents standing which there's a lot of resentment involved in that and they also hate this job (laughs) like (laughs) yeah they're they're essentially just a figurehead for their parents legacy and they're not good at things and they don't enjoy things and like they're like kind of miserable trying to do something that doesn't suit them all for the sake of people who are no longer in their life and no and they don't particularly have any connection to anymore yeah exactly and that is a big part of why they kind of latch on to the mechanism so hard because that connects with a part of their childhood <laughs> latch <sighs> Uh, Terrible. Yeah, it it kind of reaches out to a part of their childhood that genuinely does give them good memories, which is like, if you pay attention when they're talking about their parents' books, they never talk about the contents. It's always the physical aspects of it and how cool they look. It's always the physical aspects of the book. Um, Never the text. It's like, there's book bound in human skin there's a book that was powdered in white phosphorus there's a book that had hidden sachets of ink uh sewn into the binding they never talk about the contents of the book they don't even reference them because they don't care about that that doesn't matter to them and like this hits that particular vein of nostalgia of like oh like oh this is neat like this is kind of cool I want to know more about this because they're kind of a miserable person and like when you're that unhappy any little sparkle of something that kind of brings you like a little bit of like joy you tend to sort of cling to which is why they they latch onto it so hard because it's one of the rare things in their life that they're like this is genuinely kind of neat and I want to know more about this um yeah which obviously conflicts rather badly with what Hope has going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> this is, I, I can't. I need you to focus on the thing that you don't want to focus on. That is. Yeah, because she she doesn't want to go to August and be like, "Hey, can I?" You know the thing. <laughs> it's just like, because like, mm. and like Hope just as a person too is is that kind of person that um, loves books so much that they've made it basically their personality (laughs) so it really conflicts with quinn like hating that so oh god i just realized something but potential spoilers (gasps) (laughs) you'll have to tell me later i'm curious i can cut it out i can cut it out um we'll cut it out put a spoiler bot on it (laughs) beep beep spoilers Spoilers over. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cut it out. No, no. no. Yeah. no. Uh, Until I forget, yeah. because nothing ever is permanent. Uh, anyway, continue. continue. <laughs> uh, 
Well, that is that Ooh. was our last question. Oh. Uh, but the last part there, the uh, thank you for all your hard work and your dedication to bringing us the story. I can't wait for the next part. Uh, is probably a good time to let everyone know that I'm <laughs> and wrote the first two episodes of Act Two before the first episode of Act One was released. Um, <laughs> and didn't you just get done with and, three oh, <laughs> last night? I, yes, and yes. I am halfway yeah, through four. I've, um, I've, I've read a part of four already. <laughs> oh God, it's gonna yes, be so good. Yes. It's like I've been, I've actually been, secret confession. I've actually so Kale shared a little bit of uh, episode two with me and i've just been kind of going back and reading it because it's just like this slaps it, it does <laughs> it really does yeah, it's, it's so good that it's just it's it's gonna be fun to play that's all I, that's it's all so... i will say about its content yeah, yeah big big same on that this is gonna be big fun same. yeah i will say about act two and act two centers around uh professor lesnar uh, and it's just Hope Punishment Power Hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what will you learn? What will uh, you learn? The interactions of consequences. Uh, <laughs> uh, if that was if that was too harsh, just insert the the meme. That was very over good. It. It was very very good. It's time <laughs> for some comeuppance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You f- around? You found out? Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Gritty got her. <laughs> it's Gritty. Uh, rest in peace, Hope. You were killed by an orange shag carpet muppet <laughs> abomination. Don't talk about Gritty that way. Gritty's beautiful. But uh, do any of you have any further questions? I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of asked you this already, but I want I want it on voice. Mm-hmm. Why and how did you decide to just straight up steal a Narsona and use it in your show? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a criminal. Be gay, do crimes. So, I'm trying to remember exactly how the thought came to me. I wrote, obviously I wrote them in order. I have a confession. When I wrote episode one... I had no idea what the arc of Quinn's Mechanism was going to be. I had nothing planned. <laughs> I had to come up with a, uh, like a layout for SJ and I actually still have it. And I believe this is exactly what I sent to him. It's surprisingly close. This is the exact words that I sent to him over Discord. First app, introduce the mechanism. Second app. Professor Lesnar appears, lectures Quinn about not actually touching any of the content of the book in their notes. Quinn starts reading, whispery nonsense starts happening. Then they hook onto the idea that the damaged words mean something. Third app, Professor Lesnar lectures Quinn more extensively, <laughs> actively stating that the mechanism is nothing important and accidentally revealing some knowledge about it as a result. Quinn repeats what uh, she'd said and gets very weird, obviously having latched onto the idea that Lesnar is part of a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Fourth app. A replacement reader goes nuts. <laughs> that's that's the entire synopsis of the fourth episode. Um, yeah, it's like you got to show. It's like what would have happened had Quinn not. Fifth up is the best. Fifth up, Quinn goes full conspiracy theory. Has broken into Lesnar's office, steals book, makes vague accusations and threats, and runs off. <laughs> 
And then the notes below this say first component dash lamp starts flickering in your book and that's all. <laughs> wow. I am a real and professional writer. Um, it, uh, like looking at the final product versus that, it's like, what a glow up. <laughs> I mean, you had the basic ideas down. <laughs> yeah, no, the basic thing was there. It was basically the core concept is very simple. It is crazy object, somebody interacting with it wrong. Basically <laughs> like the, is this how you wear a hat? Meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you have, you have this person, this otherwise normal person. You have this cursed object. You have person interacting with it incorrectly and forming fixation on something completely other than what they're supposed to and then their interaction with somebody who's trying to guide them into doing what they're supposed to and the way that their like interests diverge and yeah so that's kind of the the arc of that episode three actually i wonder if i'm going into my <laughs> discord history with sj <laughs> <laughs> now I have to start listing what's in my pockets. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the big crossover. <laughs> oh my god. Perfect. I am sitting um, here in a New York scum shirt. What's up, scummers? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so... Okay. <laughs> so, first, I, I, I think I found... I think I found the first time I mentioned it to SJ, and I am a criminal. <laughs> I sent SJ a screenshot of my conversation with Yushay, and it's just me saying, you'll be fine, and I'm more than happy to give you direction advice if you need it, and you saying, thank you, I kind of hate listening back to my own voice, so this will probably be a good opportunity to at least attempt to get over that. Uh, and I was like, everyone feels that way. There are days I'm like, ah, listening to myself at BSPI. And you said, podcast editors are stronger than the troops. <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately below that, I say, anyway, so I think I'm going to have a Kaiser Blackmail cameo in QM. <laughs> <laughs> she's agreed to it. And I think it adds some interesting depth to Lesnar. At the moment, she's just kind of a stuffy cutthroat academic. So giving her a bit of an eyebrow raising hmm factor <laughs> seems interesting. <laughs> So I don't think I asked. It looks like I just told him I was going to do it. Though so I thought... I thought... No, the Kaiser-esque thing is something I said to you, Shay. Oh, yeah. God, you didn't even mention it to SJ before that. I thought he had already given me... I don't think I did. I think I just straight up was like, I'm putting Kaiser in my podcast and you can't stop me. <laughs> oh, God, I'm complicit. I am a criminal of the like highest order. You roped me into this. I yeah, well, because I was I was like, oh, you know what would be interesting is like, originally I was thinking about like having them in an adjacent room, but then I was like, ah, oh, that kind of sucks, and like it would also be weird for them to be close enough that um, Quinn could just like hear them through the door. Yeah. Like that would that's a little odd. You get a lot of background noise yeah. while they were trying to read that. Yeah. Um, Whereas, uh, and I think that's where I first came up with the idea of the whole thing with the recorder, because the nature of the books, which I can't get into without getting spoilery, mm -hmm. uh, is they are not objects of the origin. And because of that, they are a lot more fluid with their relationship to reality. Uh, 
and that's where I first got the idea of like, oh, what if like this this recording device that absolutely is not capable of simultaneous recording and playback is playing back something that is not being recorded and is currently occurring somewhere else while still recording because like it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that's yeah. it's, like, deeply disconcerting like quinn is too wrapped up in their own kind of to, to have realized but sam clocks it immediately and is like what the <laughs> what that, that's not how that works <laughs> that's not how that works that's not yeah. how that works that's not how it works is this a prank <laughs> like yeah and that's it's like another level of the what the hell factor that happens for for sam so i was like all right well I think it'd be interesting to have Quinn overhear this conversation. And I was like, well, what do I, what I want that to look like? And I was like, oh, well, like, what if someone's blackmailing her? And I think my brain just went, what if Kaiser's blackmailing her? <laughs> and I was like, well, I can't, I can't, like, I'd have to get permission. So I was like, well, Shay, would you let me do, like, a Kaiser-esque? Like a great value Kaiser. You ask me if I wanted to voice them before you asked about the cameo. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> that's amazing. That that tracks. <laughs> yes. Sidle up to you out of an alley, like, hey, you want to be a star kid? <laughs> Make it a star. Yeah, basically. I think you actually asked me if I had like voice experience and if I wanted to, like maybe voice something. And then you were like, I wa- I'm thinking of a Kaiser S cameo. And then it just became Kaiser. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You didn't stop me, so it just became Kaiser. And uh, SJ didn't stop me, yes. so it just became Kaiser. Uh, God, that reminds me of the backstory behind Rebecca coming on as Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you were in my DMs and you're like, oh, um, well, <laughs> we might have to reschedule. <laughs> Sam was originally supposed to be, uh, I'd originally written it as a male character because it was supposed to be played by my brother. But then various things, my, my brother-in-law had just had, I believe, mm-hmm. dental surgery and Corey was having to take care of him. And obviously with everything, it just, like wasn't working out. I'm just like, <laughs> because this was literally the same mm-hmm. day we were supposed to record. I think it was an hour or half an hour before the recording yeah. time. It was pretty soon before. Yeah, I just like slid into Rebecca's like, hey, are you free? <laughs> Do you want to be part of something? <laughs> you want to be a star kid? <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, ooh, I've always wanted to go bad. That was my response. <laughs> oh, that was how I pitched it. I was like, do you want to go crazy? <laughs> how would you like to go insane? Aren't you tired of being nice? Don't you just want to go ape? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like that. That part was fun. To- I actually had a question uh, related to uh, my going bad. I remember looking back through the DMs, it was just like, I remember you mentioned that you originally wrote part four, that Sam Nolan would go more mad with power than, oh my god, my freaking brain is broken. That kind of mad, where it's just... Yeah, it it was just like full, sort of like, I see the universe derangement. that kind of derangement. I was just wondering, it's like, how would that have gone? I don't know, because it, it fit into a very different mm. narrative. I think that's also because when my brother was going to play it, Corey is a very different energy. Yeah. We, we all are a little bit villainous. <laughs> <laughs> Corey could never be baby, no matter how hard he tried. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, your brother is, your brother is not baby. Yeah, well, but Corey definitely has like, a good villainous energy and we all our, our natural laughs are slightly villainous to begin with <laughs> um as my best friend is fond of telling me when i do a particularly 
hearty bastard laugh. She once just turned to me and went, you are the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to you, Danny. I love you. Um, (laughs) To be fair, I deserve that. (laughs) I was was being the devil. But uh, yeah, no, it's hard to imagine how that would have gone now because originally it was supposed to be like crescendoing and then Sam goes crazy and dies kind of thing. But as I started getting further in, and I was like, well, what if I did an act two? I was like, well, I don't, I want the option to bring Sam back. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when, when you came on and I was like, oh, look, Sam's baby. Aww. And like, Sam <laughs> is like so endearing and like nice. Because again, you, like you were talking about earlier, having that character who has that kind of factor of just being a genuinely nice person in just really bad circumstances. All the older characters are bastards. Oh yeah. Yeah, to some degree. They all they fall on kind of different parts of the morally ambiguous scale, but they're all the baby bastard scale. <laughs> yeah, they're all kind of unpleasant. <laughs> but Sam is just like genuinely nice and having that also gives you a pretty stark kind of frame of reference. You get used to other people and be like, "Oh, this is normal." And then you see a nice person, and you're like, no, these people are bastards. Like, these people are assholes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also just, like, I feel like it really helped emphasize what the book can do. That's just, like, if mm-hmm. it... Like, when it is operating normally. Yeah, it's like, I am the normal contrast to everybody else's already slightly affected brains. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you have Hope, who is way too much of a character to read it herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have... Quinn, who's dyslexic and hates books. Uh, you have Kaiser, who is just not involved. Uh, you have August, who is not going to read it himself because he's not stupid. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Blake, who's off somewhere dying. Repeatedly. <laughs> so then you just have Sam, who is the only really normal person in the whole show. And Sam fills a similar role, I think, to Gordon in the, the main show, which is establishing kind of the baseline of like, no, no, no. Don't get it twisted. This is a normal person. Because mm-hmm. you can get kind of used to weirdness if everything is weird. You need the kind of like that. That, that grounding force. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. even if Eleanor is uh, Eleanor too, that's just like somewhat. Eleanor is a book nerd who accepts very readily that magic exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Gordon is just Blake's unfortunate ex. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon is just like, oh, Jesus. Oh. This terrified young woman and my ex's dead body have been dropped in my lap. I guess. <laughs> I guess we'll go to Mickey. <laughs> um, who do I know who's good at getting rid of dead bodies? <laughs> guess we'll go see my half sibling. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Sam operates in a sort of similar thing. Like, Sam is so nice that even Quinn isn't weird with her. Like, they're weird, but they're not like. <laughs> Yeah, I actually did like their interactions asking about the uh, the mechanism. It's just like, could you just keep an eye out for it? I know, I know it's probably not there. I don't think they actually said it's probably not there. But yeah, like, I mean, that was definitely the implication. And the implication is supposed to be Sam is just so solid that everyone is just sort of like, oh, this is Sam, you can trust Sam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Quinn is not a trusting person. Quinn is like very weird. And that's part of why there's that delay where they're like, Sam, wait, Sam. Because they're like, oh, it's Sam. Yeah. I can ask Sam for this. Where if it had been anyone else, they probably would have been like, it's nothing. Yeah, it's like, because no. they're 
a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah. I think that's kind of what I wanted to to play Sam as too. That is just like just the the very helpful person that is just like you know you can go to if you, if you need to find something or if you just need to talk for a second. Just be like mm-hmm. this is that good. everybody likes a yeah. young woman of upstanding character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, were there were there any other cast questions or uh, thoughts? Wild conspiracy theories. All of you know what's going on in mm-hmm. season two vaguely. So. Well, I know I only know episode. I have a pretty good idea. I I know the relevant parts for me. Yeah, same here. I don't I don't know if you have plans for me beyond that, but if if you do, call me. <laughs> Here's my number. <laughs> hey kid, you want to be a star? <laughs> I mean, I am legitimately thinking of taking some of this and being like, "Here's an example of what oh, I can please, do." Please do. Yes. <laughs> Use that scream. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially the scream. I do kind of want to talk about the scream. Uh, talk about the scream. Absolutely. <laughs> it was so funny. As part of a courtesy, I I had to warn my parents. That, hey, I am going to be doing something. It is going to sound a lot panicky and anxious and then eventually just have this feral scream of agony. So, um, that's, that's normal. That is going to happen. Don't come in. I, I am perfectly fine. I am just acting. And... yeah that and that was actually fun to do just like with the outsider and with uh with sam so far it's just like they are very pleasant characters and they're uh, they like the outsider had that moment of just being like accidentally going into kind of panicked but like yeah panicked but not panicked to the point of no return Mm -hmm. whereas Mm -hmm. that bit with sam is just like I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go. And I can't go. Where's what? the door? Where's the door? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me out. Let me out. That was so... I, I love the horror film vibes from that episode. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. I was really pleased with how it turned out. Yeah, just, just how it turned out. That is just like, as soon as we hear that Sam's going to be reading the book, it's just like, Oh, oh no. no. Oh no. And then there's this steady kind of crawl and creep up and you know page 5 is coming up and something's going to happen and you don't know what. Just generally hear it just kind of it then it comes to this massive crescendo and then I hope you're happy August. That was really good. I just applause to you for that writing. That was Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean like, I obviously could not have done it without good actors like you guys did great jobs like i'm still thinking about that scream and like as soon as i was like okay i think that's good you're like i have to go tell my parents i'm done yeah it's just like yeah i gotta i should probably let them know that that, that, that yeah i'm done one thing i really liked because i i only got the script for episode three because i basically went to kill i want to go in as blind as possible uh-huh and I'm really glad I did that because even like the version of episode three you I read from yeah I rewrote Quinn's part of uh, episode three so there was stuff in there you yeah I've seen yep. yeah I was really surprised and I I really liked those parts as well so yeah <laughs> I'm really glad I went in blind and kind of like oh I can go in as blind with Act Two is that a spoiler cut it out uh, <laughs> <laughs> no 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 um I mean I don't think it is a spoiler to say that uh, Shay will be 
reprising their role yes. in Act 2. You should be seeing all of the familiar faces at least once. And maybe maybe a new face. Ooh. Mysterious. I'm realizing we started this recording at 3. It's only been an hour and 45 minutes, which is wild. <laughs> Jeez. This has been a lot more organized than it is when we were bullying Estee. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm surprised how on topic we've stayed. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's only until we kind of ran out of user-submitted questions. No, but like I feel like this has been really good. I think it's been really interesting hearing about your thoughts and what your questions as cast members are and, like, your speculations and experiences. Like, I, I like, as a writer, I find that really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's mm. nice to know that. Yeah. This is a, a special treat just for me. <laughs> and I do want to say... I, I appreciate the opportunity to play an antagonist because that's not usually something that I get the opportunity to do. So mm-hmm. yeah, when I came up with the role, I was like, I was originally like thinking an older woman, but then I was like, you know what? I bet Amy could rock being like an evil <laughs> academic. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Take my hand, kid. Follow me down this alley. <laughs> I mean, it's effective because it's just like, I'm intrigued. Tell me more. And then you tell me more. And then it's just like, huh. Hearing your sides of this has just made me, is a wonder any of you agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I almost immediately said yes. And I I think he actually said, I should probably think about it, but I've already decided. (laughs) You did. You were like, I should think about this. And then about... I think a minute and a half later, you were like, actually, it'll do it. <laughs> yeah, because I literally went, okay, when else am I going to get this opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, just go for it. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, it'll be a good experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good shiny yeah. things. And you killed it. You crushed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Now you can tell people that you're a voice actor. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a voice actor now. I, sh- I should change my Twitter bio. You should. <laughs> I was going to change mine to have Quinn's mechanism in it, but I'm running out of characters. <laughs> Same. I have too many credentials. <laughs> you you do a lot of and that's... So instead you just go to the website and look at my bio, which is just the longest. It's like five feet long. <laughs> it's, it's not that It's so long. Um, all right. I mean, we should probably wrap this up at some point, huh? Yeah, we're, we're yeah. getting close to the two-hour mark. I think this We've is... got about ten minutes to the two-hour mark. <laughs> yeah, we're just vibing at this point. Yeah. yeah. When's the musical episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just improv a, a whole musical episode right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll edit it, it'll go out tomorrow, then I'll die immediately. <laughs> <laughs> From lack of sleep. Oof. Oh, is this, is this actually going up tomorrow? Well, we'll see. (laughs) Oof, good luck. (laughs) Editor's note. This was recorded on January 16th. Obviously, the answer was no. Jesus Christ, of course not. This was two hours long. No, no. I, we'll see. I don't know. I think it's going to depend, because, like, normally the Skymail release date would be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, SJ would have to upload it. Mm -hmm. And I would also have to edit at the speed of light. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm not a fast editor. Typically, sky mails go a little bit faster. All you have to do is just chop out the crap you don't want and clean it up and put mm-hmm. music on it. And if you're extra like SJ, you'll add sound effects <laughs> here and there. But <laughs> Had to get one last dunk on SJ. Amy. <laughs> what? I re-recorded <laughs> the intro 
to all of the Quinn's Mechanisms episodes after I had already finished them. And then I re-recorded all of Quinn's dialogue for the first and second episode after I had already finished all five. Okay. 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 What's the size above extra? Um... Extra, extra. Read all about it. Ah! <laughs> okay, that was that was that. Yeah, that was. Oh my god! <laughs> I started writing Act Two before Act One was released. <laughs> I approached each of you like, "Do you want to go nuts? <laughs> hey, you want to be bad?" <laughs> Hey, have you ever wanted to be a star kid? <laughs> I'm still dying at Rebecca's because it was like, hey, do you want to go back? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to. Do you want to go back in 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, that gave, me, that gave me a little bit of a pause. It was just like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I remember you were like, oh, uh, give me a second. Uh, how fast can you go back? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't It wasn't even that. Like, it, it was only the first step. Uh, three episodes that we recorded yeah. all in yeah. one day. Oh, um, Jesus. Yeah. And then I re-recorded all of my audio for all of them. Because <laughs> I'm insane. Oh, God. And then we did two takes. And then you were like, hey, if I need anything more, I'll just come back to you. And you just never did. I didn't need anything else. Huh. <laughs> you did great. I didn't need anything else. I didn't need any retakes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I recorded separately because time zones. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Next time, And then no. Ness read Kaiser's yeah. shirts. Oh, yeah. Which was... <laughs> it was different. Just, I, I wish I had a recording of it. Yeah. Mine leaf stuff. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, SJ might still have the Raws. They still might be in the audio folder. No, no. Um, he didn't record it, though. I don't think he recorded that part, oh, yeah, no. tragically. Yeah, yeah, no, he was just oh. recording for his part as August. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that. It was so so great in its own way yeah, yeah it was it did not have the appropriate level of horny though <laughs> no it, it had the august howard level of horny which yeah. is very very funny when put with kaiser <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> just kind of the simmering under the surface kind of <laughs> level of horny yeah, combined with kaiser's lines it just comes across as like yeah like trying to pick you up all your intimate details (laughs) (laughs) to be fair as we have discussed earlier this evening august howard (laughs) (laughs) i mean canonically he does Uh, yes he does yeah that's that's the thing i can't believe he has the voice of daphne howard (laughs) (laughs) rebecca are you okay All right, all right. We should probably wrap up. Does anybody have any sort of parting thoughts? Anything to plug? Anything you're doing currently? Nothing to plug, but I do want to say thank you to everybody who listened to the miniseries and promoted it and was generally, like, freaking out about it because that was really fun, waking up and seeing all of the reception to it. So thank you guys for listening. Yeah, that's kind of generally my sentiment, too. It's like, I know I... I (laughs) I know I bug my friends be like, listen to this, listen to me. <laughs> I will be the most narcissistic person and just be like, look at this. Look at me. I'm a star. Look what I made. <laughs> look what I made. Oh, I am very much that. 
yeah yeah no (laughs) it was it was actually like really nice to be able to be like this is this keeps happening it keeps happening she keeps keeps happening happening. (laughs) fall down the stairs yeah i mean it was nerve-wracking for me because i was like i'd written two episodes back to and i was like what if what if people don't like this what what if this completely flops i was like i'm getting so ahead of myself and then it didn't then and then it didn't thank Thank goodness yeah Yeah. i don't have anything to plug i just wanted to say uh thank you for letting me go absolutely bad (laughs) (laughs) it was my pleasure (laughs) i i love to let my friends go bad be evil and be (laughs) arrogant and horny (laughs) yeah thank you for letting me be just the biggest I mean, that's Kaiser. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it. So, like, thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this. And to all of you, thank you for listening and for enjoying and for, like, all the wonderful feedback, even if that was mostly me screaming in the Discord. (laughs) 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 I don't have anything to plug because I don't do anything aside from this. (laughs) You've heard it here first, folks. Shade ceases to exist when they are not voice acting. So you have to support us so that they can continue to exist in this digital space. There you go. They are a digital entity composed entirely of monster f***ing and arrogant voice. I am the world's f***iest vocaloids. <laughs> the f***iest vocaloids. <laughs> I need to end. Nothing can top that. Nothing can top that. Yeah, no, that's that's it. The episode's over. Um, God, signing off from all of us and the world's vocaloid. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm gonna change my uh, username to that. <laughs> oh. Alright. Well, thank you everybody for listening and thank you for supporting us, and we'll see you in Act Two. Bye! Bye! Bye. We can do this. I believe, <laughs> I believe in us. I, I believe us. I believe I've taken us. my meds today. All it's right. all going to be fine.